Hey, I'm Kate Otten, tight end at the University of Washington, and you're listening to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Okay, welcome to episode 81 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. It is myself, Charles Hamaker, as well as Omari Salisbury. Omari just turned his camera on. Wow. Nobody's going to see that. I don't know why I said that. Yeah. Um, and so Mara and I, our friend Bennett is away from the podcast tonight. Uh, just well wishes to him and his family. Uh, it's, you know, that's his own personal information. So just well wishes to Bennett. Um, so we will do this. Uh, we'll push along here. Uh, getting right into Seattle Seahawks news as per usual. Uh, obviously, there was no game recap. Um, team notes and around the league, women field will be at full capacity this upcoming season. Uh, fans will not be required to be vaccinated, but those who are not vaccinated will be required to wear masks. Not hurt. Uh, hey. Not sure how they're going to enforce that at the moment. No, um, no way to do it. I hear people talking about getting fake vaccination guards. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, like that as well as even at the ballpark right now, or like it's been. Dude, people are walking out with masks and they've been not vaccinated. So it's just, I mean, they can say that in good nature or whatever, but more than likely they don't care. They just want people back. Uh. On one hand, it's like, I respect people and their choices on whether or not they want to get the vaccine. So I don't think they should be like, but like, I also feel like they should be like, only if you're vaccinated for the safety of our players. But also it's like, I respect the people who choose not to. Like, you might have your own reason and doubts. You know, we live in a society where, you know, you can't 100% trust people. But it's, like, also, it's, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation to be put it's in. Tough. Like, it is tough. Um, But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know they just want to fill the stadium up again. That's but also, that's like, what they when want. you got players, because we were just talking about this before the podcast started. Mm-hmm. Like, when you got players who are getting the vaccine also, so it's, like, I don't know. It's it's a whole weird situation with it right now. Whole weird situation. Um, and then in regards to training camp attendance in mid July, there will be an, an announcement about that. Oh wait, well in mid July, uh, training camp starts at the end of July, so that will be interesting to see because training camp is probably one of the things. Um, if you know how it goes, something that's you get a lot closer to the players just because at the end of the practice normally they'll sign autographs and uh something like that so i don't know how that would work um so that's something to uh pay attention to as we get closer to july well i mean by the time this comes out we'll be a day out from july but um that'll be something to note uh not too much going on for the seahawks this week but around the league um this is big news this is something that people have been waiting for for years the nfl will allow alternate helmets in 2022 uh, the league will allow teams to use alternate color helmets when wearing throwback uniforms starting in the year 2022. But I will say there needs to be a moment of hesitation um, because NFL teams can bring back throwback uniforms starting in 2022. But um, there's some fine print to this. So the Philadelphia Eagles submitted uh, their uniform selection for 2022 to the league um, as the NFL had a deadline for next year's uniform attire that passed prior to the league approving the use of alternate helmet use last week. Philly will be able to wear its alternate black uniform. Um, I guess because they submitted it. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, so there will be many teams that face similar issue since they don't have enough time to submit a throwback to the league. Um, uh, as I didn't know, 
that they the league would approve the use of an alternate helmet. Um, so if a team already wasn't planning on using a throwback uniform, it wouldn't be able to add one. So more than likely, it looks like we're going to see these throwbacks in 2023 rather than 2022, just simply because they didn't submit them in time. Um, I guess the Buccaneers were able were part, anticipating the alternate helmet sooner rather than later. And if they were, if they did in fact, oh, okay. So teams have until July 31st to submit a proposal to the league. So I guess that's a month. I mean, so if they're able to pull out a throwback uniform design and get that all approved, then the teams can have one of those. But I feel uh, like no team should have a problem except for the Washington football team. I feel like they like, I feel like it's really just copy and paste. No. That's what you'd think, I mean, but I wonder how long it takes for a team to come up with something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, we saw on Twitter, like, five months ago, people already had Seahawks <laughs> for, like, uniform ideas put out there. So, I feel so, like I mean, if, come through. if they're able to pull that off and get us a proposal sent to the league, then we'll have our throwback uniforms for 2022. But if not, then they have to wait another year. So I mean that's good news that they're they're uh, lifting the one helmet thing, but uh, it might it might be delayed for some teams rather than others. Um, the NFL Combine site is up for bidding next uh, in 2023. The league will accept bids from other cities other than Indianapolis to host the annual scouting combine starting in 2023. What? I don't know why. I'm sure that's just a money grab thing. They're seeing what cities might kind of might bid for that kind of thing, but. I don't know. I don't see a point really in having the combine anywhere other than Indianapolis. I mean, no, that's that where it's cool though. Like just to say your city's hosting the combine this year, like that's kind of cool. But like, is there even like regular people in attendance at those or no? Not that I've ever seen. It's always, the stadium's always empty. Yeah. And it's just reporters. So I, yeah, I guess it really does not matter at all. That's why it doesn't, that's why I don't get it. Cause I mean, I guess the players and stuff travel into the city, you know what I mean? But like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a little money grab. Yeah, you're right. I think that's odd. Um, and then there's no stipend for voluntary opt-outs. Uh, NFL and NFLPA agreed that only players at high risk of COVID-19 will receive a stipend of $350,000. So that is it for the Seattle Seahawks. And for NFL news, uh, Seattle Mariners. This will be interesting just because it's Omari and I. Yeah. Um, go go Nerds. Go uh, this is the... <laughs> I won't I won't say anything. Uh June 22nd versus the Colorado Rockies. The team won the first game of that two-game series, two to one. Player of the game, left fielder Shed Long Jr. with one hit, one run, and one RBI. He had the go-ahead solo home run in the eighth inning. Uh July 23rd versus the Colorado Rockies. The team would lose five to two in the second game of the series, splitting that series with Colorado. Uh player of the game would be shortstop JP Crawford with two hits and one run. June 25th at the Chicago White Sox, the team would win the first of a four-game series, nine to three. Uh, put of the game would be defensive, not defensive, designated hitter Luis Torrens with two hits, two runs, and four RBIs. Those two hits would be two two-run home runs. That's his first career multi-hit game. So good for Luis. He was somebody that I've been ragging on for the per- first part of the season, but I mean, if he comes back and he plays better than. I can. I'm more than happy to shut my mouth. Um, White Sox. Said. Uh, June 26, there was supposed to be a game, but it got rained out. So the teams would play a doubleheader 
on the 27th, June 27th, the game would pick back up in the third inning when the game was delayed. Uh, the Mariners would win 3-2, to two, uh, game one of the doubleheader, as I said. Uh, play of the game would be center fielder Taylor Trammell with two hits, two runs, two RBIs. Those would be two solo home runs, his second one coming in the ninth inning. So good for Taylor. Um, he's kind of struggled since he came back up from AAA. But, you know, at the end of the day, baseball is a long game. It's a long season. So you're going to have slumps. Um, and then the the Mariners set a, a record, Omari. It's not a good record. So I don't know how much of it you've been following. Oh, right? the whole, like, checking in between innings with the umpire checking for foreign substances? Yep. Yeah, no. We had the first guy busted, which was oh. fun. What's the See, foreign substance they're looking for? That's what I'm just confused about. It's It's anything that's not... Uh, sunscreen or rosin rosin's like i don't know the dis- the w- describe it well but there's like a little bag that they put on the mound for so it's i mean it's like approved there's a little bag you put on the mound for grip and i mean it's like sunscreen rosin and sweat are all okay and anything else is considered a foreign substance um what's interesting about hector santiago becoming the first player ejected for foreign substance abuse was that Umpires found something on his glove during a between innings check and they ejected him and they put his glove in like a zip tie, a zip, an airtight bag, and they shipped it off to a lab to be checked. Hey, what if it was Cheeto dust? So, yeah, we don't have any idea what it actually is. The umpires just thought his glove was suspicious and they're like, eh, get dude out of here. So, I mean, we won't know, I guess, until results come back, but. I mean, for the time being, technically his suspension is 10 games. So I, I guess that's cool. I mean, good good, good to set history, I guess, but not really. Um, and then in the second game of the June 27th doubleheader, the Mariners would lose 7-5 to five, um, in seven innings due to the, uh, the doubleheader rule uh, with the games being seven innings. Um, the player of the game would be D.H., Mitch Hanager with two hits, two runs, and three RBIs. That second hit being the three-run homer in the seventh inning to bring it within two runs um, and then not being able to capitalize uh, down two runs there. Um, so, I mean, overall, not a bad uh, not a bad week in the past week for the Mariners. I mean, you split the two games with the Rockies. I mean, the Rockies have a really bad road record, so I guess you probably would have wanted to win both games at home. But they have one of the better home records in the league. So, I mean, ultimately, they're not – a horrible team uh, and then Chicago Chicago as we've seen earlier this year they've been pretty damn good I mean I don't remember their record right now I would check it um, but Chicago's probably I mean more than likely unless they die Chicago I mean they're 45 and 32 they're first in the AL Central um, they're more than likely going to be a playoff team uh, yeah so I mean it's not bad to win the series against them at all uh, and be within two runs of winning the fourth game. So uh, can't complain really, especially with some of the energy injuries that this team has. Uh, so my player of the week would be right fielder, Mitch Hanniger and 22 at bats. He had three runs, six hits, one double, one Homer, four RBIs, 10 total bases with a 237 average, 273 average. My apologies, a 273 OBP, a four, five, five slugging and a 0.727 OPS. Bennett does not have a player of the week because he's not here. No, he does. He does. I actually just texted him. He also said Mitch Hanager. Well, there you go. Um, Mitch has been probably the most consistent guy throughout the season. I mean, JP's had a really solid June, but 
that's one month out of what is it three now this season's been so uh i mean mitch is somebody who i mean he went a little quiet but i mean he's got part let me check i think he's got 16 home runs now which is and it's not oh no 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 this season oh that's fire um, which isn't leading the league just because Vlad Guerrero Jr. has like 24 or something, but that's that's still pretty good. Um, let me check. Yeah, Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has 26. Jesus, dude. Mitch is um, – oh, Mitch has 17, so he's 14th in the league. I guess that's not horrible. He's tied for 14th. Um, but, yeah, so – the team's record sits at 41 and 38. They are third in the AL West. And for roster related news, on June 22nd, they claimed infielder slash outfielder Jake Hager from Milwaukee. Uh, they transferred first baseman Evan White to the 60 day IL. He is eligible to come off of that on uh, the, the 13th of July. Uh, also on the 22nd, the team recalled Donovan Walton from AAA Tacoma and optioned Johan Ramirez to Tacoma. June 24th, the team brought back the big dog, Keenan Middleton, from AAA Tacoma. Uh, Wyatt Matheson was in- acquired from Tampa Bay in exchange for cash considerations. He's an infielder, so it seems like the team's stocking up on infielders, which is weird considering you have Kyle Seeger, J.P. Uh, Crawford, Ty France, Dylan Moore, Jake F- – no, not Jake Fraley, uh, Shed Long, and who's the other Jake? Jake Bowers in the infield, so I don't really know what that's all about. Uh, Vinny Natoli was optioned to triple A Tacoma. Daniel Zamora was designated for assignment. Uh, and then June 25th, Zamora was outrighted to triple A Tacoma. Uh, June 27th, Johan Ramirez was recalled. Uh, and then Marco Gonzalez was placed on the paternity list. Uh, so congratulations to Marco and Monica on their uh, daughter. Um, kind of important to miss some baseball for that. So good on Marco. Uh, other news around the league, Commissioner Rob Manfred said that the enforcement for these foreign substances is going well in his eyes. Uh, he says that my view is that the first two days have gone very well. Uh, this was before Santiago was ejected, by the way. Um, he said we've had no ejections for foreign substances. Players in general have been extremely cooperative. Uh, the inspections have taken place quickly and in between innings. Frankly, the data suggests that we are making progress with respect to the issues uh, and spin rate that caused us to undertake the effort in the first place. So uh, Manfred thinks it's going well. I ultimately don't think there's anything bad going on with it. I mean, it's not nice to see that our player was the first one to get suspended, the first one to get busted in quotes, because, again, we don't know what it is officially. Um but ultimately, in my opinion, I don't think it's going bad. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen too much negative from it. Um, upcoming schedule: the Mariners will have a three-game road trip against the Toronto Blue Jays. Whoa, Toronto Blue Jays uh, on June 29th, 30th, and July 1st, and then they will come back home and start a three-game series against the Texas Rangers from the second to the fourth. The second is actually the reopening date. There will be, there were $4 bleacher seats, but those are all sold out. I know that there are good seats available uh, for good prices and there will be fireworks that night. So if you want to go to a game and have it be full capacity again, uh, I mean, it starts July 2nd from there on out, everything else, it's all open, all Mariners games, all the rest of the season. So come out and join us. 
Um, Homs Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. I know that Jake, Jake, goodness, I'm all over the place. This heat, man. Uh, Race and Homs were out uh, at the Miles Gaskin football camp uh, with Savan Ahmed, uh, and they had a little pop-up there, so that was cool to see. Um, but I know that he teased some of the stuff at the pop-up, but Race and uh, Race and the team over there have some stuff coming up for the summer here. So I would check them out, and I would be following them just to be able to check in with that. Um, we head over to the Seattle Sounders here, uh, June 23rd versus Real Salt Lake. The team would win two to one player. of The game would be Raul Rui Diaz with the game winning PK in the 88th minute, uh, June 26th versus the Vancouver Whitecaps. The team would draw two to two and I mean, kind of a sloppy game. The two goals came within like seven minutes of each other for Vancouver in the second half. Uh, so just kind of a game that you didn't want to let become a tie. And ultimately, the, all the ties that the Sounders have had, which is four now, have all just kind of been lapses. I mean, and I think those two goals were the first goals that came on the run of play uh, for the Sounders team in the 11th game of the season. So, I mean, that, that says something about the team, but ultimately it's frustrating to more than likely have a win and then just kind of squander it to, by being messy. Um, and getting a tie. Um, play of the game for that game would be Raul Ruiz Diaz again, uh, with one goal on five shots, two of those shots being on target, as well as having an 83.3 per- uh, pass percentage. So, uh, still for this is also a team that's been haggled by injury. I mean, the Mariners as well. Um, Stefan Fry, your starting keeper, has been out still. Nico Ladero is out. Um, and that's your captain there in the midfield. And then new who's still out. I know that he has an adductor strain. He's more than likely going to be back, uh, next game or within the next two, simply because, um, he could have probably gone against Vancouver if they needed him to, but because of the way that this team has been going and the way that, uh, Brian Schmetzer feels that this club is at right now, uh, currently, uh, they haven't had a need to, so they have just kind of relaxed it and are not trying to rush new who back. So if, you, if you're in that position, it's not a bad thing at all. Uh, team notes starting July 7th, Lumen field will be open fully for Sounders matches. No proof of vaccination is needed. No social distancing and no masks. Um, it is encouraged in quotes that if you're not vaccinated, that you wear a mask, but as Omari and I talked about, it's highly unlikely that that happens. Um, simply because, you know, um, I'm not, that's not, that's a topic I, I'm not getting into. I mean, I feel like over the pandemic, we've talked about this enough. So if you've been listening to the show, which a decent amount of you have, then you understand our feelings about that. Uh, Jao Paulo earned a spot on the MLS team of the week on the bench for this past week. Uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz notched his ninth goal in that second game over the past week. Uh, second in the MLS now, thanks to Chicharito getting three, uh, two goals, I believe, in his last match. So he's got 10 now, which is the first in the league. Uh, but Raul has nine. So, I mean, he got a lot of season ahead. He can, he can, he can surpass that. Uh, so the Sounders record sits at seven wins, four ties, and zero losses still. They are first in the Western Conference and first in the MLS. Uh, for the Supporters' Shield with 25 points. Uh, looking ahead, the team will play at the Colorado Rapids on July 4th and versus the Houston Dynamo here at home on July 7th. Seattle Storm. Uh, this is the first time 
this year that it's been a rough week for the storm, which is a testament to the way that this organization has been. Um, but it wasn't fun this week. It was not fun this past week. Uh, June 22nd versus the Washington Spirit, which was Pride Night back here at home in Everett. The team would lose 87-83. Uh, player of the game would be Jewel Lloyd with 23 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists. Now, when I say player of the game for these things, I mean our player of the game. I never necessarily mean for the entirety of the, uh, the game that was played. And I say that because if we take a look at this game against Washington, <sighs> Tina Charles went insane uh 34 points 16 rebounds five assists and a, a washington team that's still missing elena deladone um natasha cloud didn't play in that game and they're still missing uh alicia clark tina charles has been playing amazing leslie mitchell uh had 19 in this game they only got uh nine points from their bench but uh, that's a team that's more i mean they're sitting in seven and six right now when they get uh, Deladonna back and Alicia Clark, whenever that may be, this is going to be a dangerous team. And more than likely, I wouldn't doubt them coming out of the Western Conference. Um, I mean, Eastern Conference, pardon me. They're sitting at third in the East, no, fourth in the East right now. Behind, I mean, Connecticut's been good, Chicago's been resurging because of Candace Parker. Uh, a good amount because of Candace Parker. New York is kind of sitting in the middle at eight and eight. I mean, Sabrina Ionescu is just, has not been at full strength. So, I mean, when she's at full strength, they'll be better. But Sammy Whitcomb, I know, had I think she had 32 the other night. Um, if I check here, well, they played the dream, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Sammy Whitcomb had 30 points. So, ultimately, I think when Washington's at full strength, they could win the East. I really don't doubt that. You were going to say something, Amari? No, you said you were talking shit about the dream. I was just saying they're still. <laughs> they're cheeks. I mean, they're not the worst team in the league at all, simply because Indiana's 1-15. But they're 5-9, and nine, which is the second worst record. Um, I mean, who does Atlanta have? Let's take a look. Um, I hear stuff going on upstairs. That's creepy. Um, the... They have Ari McDonald on the bench. She's only playing 14 minutes. Why do you not have her playing more minutes? You're five and nine, dude. It's, I mean, that's, we're not an Atlanta dream podcast. We're not going to talk about that. Um, But yeah, ultimately Washington is more than likely going to be a team down the road. That's going to be a, a challenge, especially considering that a few years ago, not even a few years ago, 1919 uh, Washington beat us in the, in the, in the finals. So, I mean, when they're back in full strength again, with the addition of Tina Charles to that lineup, that's going to be a dangerous squad. Um, And then in the second game of the week, on the 27th, the team played in Vegas against the Aces and would lose 95-92 to in overtime. Uh, Player of the game for the Storm would be forward Brianna Stewart with 35 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. So a great game from Stewie, but the team was not able to pull it out. Um, I mean, if we take a look here, Stewie had 35, Katie Lou had seven and six rebounds, which is not a horrible game, but, you know, 32 minutes, you kind of want more. Um, the highest that the next starter scored was 12, and that's Mercedes Russell. So he had 12 and 11, which is good. And she was playing against Liz Cambage, who's been really damn good this year. 
Sue Bird only had seven points. She had six assists, which is good, but she was one for eight from three, which is less than spectacular. Uh, Jewel Lloyd went five of 17 from the field, had 11 points. And then your bench, uh, Candace Dupree only had two, and she only took one shot. Sophie Talbot only took three shots, and she had five points. Kennedy Burke only had three minutes. Uh, Ezzy Magbergore only had 10 minutes, and she didn't score. She had five rebounds with three personal fouls. Uh, I mean, so not a great game. Ultimately, by the storm, it was kind of all stewy. Um, and we got Asia Wilson, Liz Cambage, Raquana Williams, uh, Chelsea Gray, and Jackie Young across across the damn court. And Katie Lou coming off – not Katie Lou. Kelsey Plum, I apologize. Uh, coming off the bench, it you, you can't have a bad game, really. Uh, so, with Vegas nipping at the heels at 11-4, and, four, and we'll tw- we're 12-4, and four, uh that might be another finals rematch. I mean, we have to get to that point first, considering that we've got several months to go in the WNBA season. We have until September. Um, again, Washington could be uh, Washington could be at full strength by then. Um, oh wait, no, never mind. What? Oh, that's kind of funny. Maybe I'm crazy. Huh. Oh, maybe that was just because of the wobble. Yeah, no. Uh, we're both in the Western Conference, so that might be a Western Conference finest matchup. <sighs> I'm going to stop rambling. Um, Storm lost twice. That's the main point. Um, <sighs> sad. I'm upset about that. Uh, team notes, the WNBA announced that 99% of the league's players are now fully vaccinated. Since the start of the regular season, there have been zero positive tests from players. And all 12 teams have met the threshold for being considered a fully vaccinated team. That's that's pretty good. And that's something that you'd wish that other leagues would take the part of. Obviously, that's a little more difficult considering the the uh, the size of some of these other te- uh, other leagues. But it's something that you'd you'd hope for. Um, especially as we continue to head back towards packed crowds and, um, you know, full capacity. But, um, I mean, it's it's good to see that, once again, the WNBA is uh, setting the example. I mean, they've, they've been doing that for a while and a lot of things from social justice to uh, a lot of important social issues. So good on the league for that. And, um yeah, that that's pretty spectacular to see, especially considering uh, how few vaccinated certain teams are, like the Mariners are. I don't know what the numbers officially are for the Mariners, but I know it's nowhere near a hundred percent. So uh, the Storm sit at a twelve and four record, as I mentioned. They are still first in the West and still first in the league, but not by much. They are one game ahead of Las Vegas, so and they are down in the tiebreaker, Las Vegas, because they've lost two games to Vegas. Two of those four losses come to Vegas. Um, so that'll be something to pay attention to when we play Vegas again down the road. And I believe that was their first Commissioner's Cup loss. So Seattle is undefeated in the Commissioner's Cup, except for now the Aces. So I gotta uh, say, next- this Commissioner Cups thing got me, like, I, I like that. That's an exciting idea. And more than likely, I feel like, you know, with the WNBA kind of being like the training ground for that, the practice ground, I feel like that's going to be something we see in the NBA. You know what I mean? I feel yeah, like that's I like the that. point. It's interesting. I mean, I've never really thought of – oh, wait. Oh, no. I'm just making sure that I was right about that. I want to make sure that we're – because I'm pretty sure the only – yeah, no, we are undefeated in the Commissioner's Cup, and then we ran into Las Vegas, and they, they stole that one. 
No, like I, yeah, I, uh, I understand. Oh wow, and ESPN has Las Vegas as number one in the power rankings. I guess I understand that we've lost two straight. Um, yeah, no, it is. It is. It's interesting to think about that, and I'm glad that that's being tested out. Um, so looking ahead for the storm on uh, July second, the team will play the Atlanta Dream at home here in Everett. I am excited for the day that they're back in Seattle because, goodness, I'm sorry, Everett's a little bit of a trip. Uh, and then July 4th at the L.A. Sparks on the road. L.A. is 6-8, and eight and they are last in the West, but the West is pretty packed. So, um, Maestro Athletics, I know there's a lot going on over in Maestro as well. I know both of our partners are working on a lot of stuff. Um, so I would check both of them out if you've got the time. Um, I know that especially with the heat around here, you're going to want to have stuff that's fitted for summer and want to look good doing it. So both of the, our partners are good for that. So both of them are uh, linked in the under the partners tab on the website. So go check them out there. Um, Seattle Kraken news. So Omari, we finally have a head coach. Uh, yes, you see that Dave Haskell. Yep, Kraken hired uh, Dave Haxtall as the first coach in franchise history. Uh, I'm going to get through his 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 sort of background first, and then I want to talk about it. Um, he's one of the first NCAA coaches that jumped straight to an NHL coaching job. He led North of Dakota to North of Dakota, North Dakota to 11, 11 consecutive NCAA tournaments. He spent 15 seasons at the university of North Dakota, North Dakota. I don't know why North Dakota is bothering me. Maybe it's because it's North Dakota. Um, he led the Philadelphia Flyers to the playoffs in the first season as head coach. Um, and his overall record as a Flyers coach is 131, 101 and 42. Uh, most recently, he spent time as an assistant with the Toronto Maple Leafs, working with their defensive core. Um, and then general manager Ron Francis had a quote on Hackstall. He said that Dave possesses great experience, a strong work ethic, and a solid technical understanding of the game and the remarkable ability to communicate clearly and effectively. Now, I've heard really mixed stuff about him. Um, basically, my full understanding about Mr. Hackstall is that um, he works well with younger players, but uh, he doesn't have the best track record when it comes to playoffs and stuff like that. So, I mean, that might work out to an extent with a team like the Kraken because more than likely we're going to see a, a, a lot of younger guys. But um, what do you think that – what do you mean by like that he doesn't really work well with like veteran players who have like a style of their own? No, I mean that he doesn't – have a good playoff record oh okay got you he's not a playoff performer per se if you know what i mean um and that's that's where the anger from the philadelphia fans come but ultimately i think you know this philadelphia fans are an interesting breed of fan they're the trash (laughs) philadelphia fans are trash sixers 49ers not 49ers 49ers fans are trash too uh (laughs) eagles meant to say eagles they're both trash. They're all trash. Um, so it's it's interesting. I mean, I know that I have a friend of mine that I talk hockey with just because she knows hockey better than me. Um, and that's not saying much considering I'm not very good with the hockey. Um, puck go in net. Sometimes they punch. Yay. Um, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> dude, if, if our fight, our first team's fight, we lose, like the player loses, I'm going to be so 
disappointed. Right, uh, I feel like that messes up the whole morale for the whole franchise. You gotta, you gotta come out and whoop some ass. I mean, <laughs> I don't care if that's the first explicit thing that happens this episode. I, if, if our player, if our first player to get in a fight loses, I'm gonna be disappointed. I really I'm, will. Uh, I was watching a hockey game so I could study up and be ready for like whenever the we start playing, and the mm-hmm. fight broke out within like the first few minutes of playing. It was like four separate fights, and I was like. <laughs> Okay, I can mess with hockey. This is entertaining. This there is entertaining. was one game I saw, I'm pretty sure it was recently, where it was like New York, and I don't remember. It was the New York Rangers and somebody else, but as soon as they dropped the puck, everybody took their, their gloves off and just started fighting. I was like, damn, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, uh, take away your thoughts from that. For the first first fight that we see, if our player loses, we're going to be disappointed. Um, make a money line just on like whether or not money line or should put money on it. First I'm sure, I'm sure somewhere that's a thing. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but yeah. Um, so ultimately, I can't put a solid thought on it just because ultimately he has to prove himself over time. Um, I mean, the Kraken have been lauded as in a lot of their early decisions people have thought that they've been doing everything right and then with the hackstall hiring i've hiring i've seen a lot of people like oh you're stupid you guys fucked up with this one so i don't know i'm interested to see how it goes ultimately you know you can trust as many twitter twitter gms as you want but uh, i've got to see what happens first so we'll see ultimately um i'm not sure what the reaction was when vegas got their coach but and then and even to that extent to a lot of uh, people expect the Kraken to be good off the bat because of the expansion draft. But the, at the same time, from what I understand, what happened with Vegas was that they got really lucky in regards to goalkeepers because whoever they drafted goalkeepers from, the goalkeeper that they had, they drafted had NHL final, uh, Stanley Cup finals experience. They had two of them on the roster, whoever they drafted from. And that doesn't happen from what I understand. So Vegas got really lucky and they said, Oh, look, we have our pick. And they just snatched a dude up who was like championship caliber. Um, so yeah, from what I understand, that doesn't happen. So I don't, I, um, and I guess the importance of a goalkeeper in the NHL is huge. So getting that keeper would be huge. So we'll see about that. But Dave Haxtell, that is your first coach in Kraken history. Um, and we will see where he takes us. Um, other Kraken related news. There's two more bits about Kraken. So that's good. Sometimes it's just nothing. And it's like, oh, they exist. There's hockey soon. Uh, the Kraken partnered with the Florida Panthers to announce that the Charlotte, Charlotte, the Charlotte Checkers will be the team's AHL affiliate until the facility in Palm Desert opens. So we have a place for our younger prospects to develop until the, the facility opens in Palm Desert. It will be part of the Char- Charlotte Checkers. I don't know why I keep saying Charlotte. The Charlotte Checkers. Guy, I said it again. Palm Desert. <laughs> uh, that's where's Palm Desert or what's Palm Desert? Where is Palm Desert? That's a good question. I would have guessed California, but Palm Desert very well could be like Florida. You know what I mean? Oh, it is California. Okay. City in California, but where in California? Let us find out while we're all at it. It's near La Quinta uh, in California. It's Coachella Valley. Um. Oh. And that's closest to, oh, it's kind of 
in between San Diego and Los Angeles. It's near the Joshua Tree National Park. Um, it's near Palm Springs. Mm, okay. So that is where the AHL affiliate will be for the Kraken when it all is opened up, but it's not opened up yet. Uh, and then NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman announced that ESPN will broadcast the Kraken expansion draft live from Seattle on July 21st. So, yay, we'll see <laughs> the Kraken take your favorite team. I mean, favorite player. Yay. And then the uh, the actual draft, the NHL draft takes place on the 23rd. Um, so, yes, as we count down here, the expansion draft starts on July 21st. So, again, if you haven't marked your calendars, as much as I've been saying it over the past few months, do so already. It'll be something that's that's historic right there. So, um, as we head into the OL rain here, uh, kind of a mixed bag for the week. Uh, June 22nd versus the Chicago Red Stars, the team would win 2 to nothing. Uh, play of the game would be Shirley Cruz with three shots, two shots on a goal, and one goal. This was a game that the rain – got ahead early on and then was just able to cruise really not to play on orange with Shirley, Shirley Cruz there. Um, Shirley Cruz scored in the first minute. She scored on the 50 of uh, 54th second mark. And then Bethany Balser got a header from Sofia Huerta in the 17th minute. So 20 goal, uh, 20 goals, two goals in the first 20 minutes. And then they were just able to cruise. So they get a win against the red stars. Uh, they beat Chicago in the challenge cup as well. So, I mean, Something about Chicago, man. Um, and then June 26th uh, versus New York, New Jersey, uh, Gotham FC, the team would lose 0-3. to three. As I said, mixed bag. Uh, this was the pride match for the rain. Uh, it was a nice – I say nice, but it was a hot. It was a hot day uh, down in Tacoma and Shiny Stadium. Uh, put of the game uh, for the rain would be Megan Rapino. She had three shots and one corner kick. This, this game mm, – I mean, this uh, is a game that – really amplified the rain struggles um so amari tell me something tell me this wait no i just super forgot there was a team called gotham <laughs> it blew yeah, me. yeah and I, keep, I keep asking you guys about this every week like how do you feel about there being a team named gotham you caught me off guard you caught me off guard but what were you about to ask uh so if you say you have a really nice car right mm-hmm. it, how much um how much value does it have if you don't have any fuel for it? If you can't put fuel in it? Um, I would say none. Yeah. Yeah. So basically. It looks nice. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks nice. It looks great on paper, but I can't do anything with it if I can't start it. The rain have a lot of great attackers up front, right? A lot of great. They've got international talent. They've got Megan Rapino up there. Bethany Balser won. NWSL Rookie of the Year in 2019. Uh, so they got a lot of great athletic ability up front. They've got a lot of great international talent. They've got, I mean, heralded talent from France. But the midfield doesn't get them the ball and doesn't conduct it. So, again, if you have all those shiny toys up front, there's n- they're not going to matter if you can't facilitate them the ball through the midfield and your midfield isn't working like a midfield should. Now, you can attribute some of this to Rose Lavelle being out the past few weeks because of a ankle injury that she took herself out of the game against Jamaica. Uh, she's been kind of nursing that. I mean, she took a precautionary measure by taking herself out of that Jamaica game. Um, 
but it does hurt to not have Rosa Vela in the midfield because, you know, since she's come back to join the reign, she's, she's played well. And ultimately she, I think when she gets back and she plays with these French forwards of La Sommer and Merazon, I think that's, that is money, but ultimately right now that's not happening. I mean, Angelina came in late in this game against Gotham and she became player of the match after being subbed in in like the last 25 minutes simply because she played that well in the midfield. And ultimately, you'd think that going into next week or next match, that means she'd get more minutes. We'll have to see because we don't know yet. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of been the main point is that the midfield has not been consistent um, at facilitating. And that's kind of difficult to win games. Uh, when your midfield just isn't able to get your shiny toys up front the ball. So that was a difficult loss at home. Um, sigh. Uh, Injury-related news. Uh, there's no new injuries uh, for the team, luckily. Um, I need to knock on some wood. Okay. Uh, injury report for June 22nd match for Chicago. Uh, Ali Watt, Kelsey Hedge, uh, Rose Lavelle, Karen Bardsley, and Rosie White were all out. Watt, Hedge, and Bardsley are all kind of same old, same old there. They've been out for a decent amount. I mean, Bardsley has a season-ending injury. Watt's recovering from surgery. Lavelle is newer to that list, and Rosie White's nursing an illness. Uh, and then Nicole Momiki is still with uh, Japan uh, international duty. So, again, best of luck to Nicole um, as she's with the women's national team. She got selected for that, so good for her. Uh, and then June 26th match versus New York. New Jersey, uh, Ali Watt, Karen Bardsley, and Rosie White were the only ones considered out for that game. Uh, Rose Lavelle was questionable, but she didn't play. Uh, and then Nicole Mamiki is still out on international duty. International duty. So, again, best of luck to her. Uh, team news, not too much going on besides the fact that starting with the July 11th match at home, the rain plan on having Shaney Stadium at full capacity. Uh, no proof of vaccination or negative test is acquired, required for uh, fans attending matches. And mask wearing becomes optional again. Yeah. I mean, I don't have control over this. I doesn't, I mean, I've got my shots. Ultimately, if you're looking at it through my, my perspective, it doesn't matter to me, but it's interesting for those who are not vaccinated. So uh, the rain now sit at a two win, one draw and four loss record. Uh, they're ninth in the league with seven points. Um, and ultimately it's up, for Fareed Bensidi and the coaching staff to ultimately figure out who will give you the best ability to put goals in the net and win ball games because you kind of got to figure out that midfield because Rapino shows up. Rapino consistently has a lot of shots and that's great. But if you can get her better opportunities, that will more than likely result in goals. The summer, has come in and since her debut, I believe against North Carolina late uh, has pushed the ball well and has shot well, but hasn't gotten the best opportunities from her midfield, you know, so that'll be a point to notice going forward. That'll be something I'll be watching. Um, Next match will be July 2nd at the Houston dash on the road. First game in Houston this year, first game against Houston this year. And the first game that the team will see Jasmine Spencer, uh, after trading her a couple of weeks. Seattle Supersonics news. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, no Seattle Dragons news until next year. Um, at th- 
well, no, college news. Uh, the 12 team college football expansion is moving forward. The college football playoff board has pushed the 12 team field closer uh, to potential approval with a summer study. There will be a September meeting that will include both university presidents and conference commissioners. Excuse me. The six highest ranked conference champions would be joined by, excuse me, six at large teams. There would be no automatic qualifiers and the four highest ranked teams would receive a bye week. So that'll be very interesting. Uh, college football playoff would commence with four play-in games hosted on the campuses of teams ranked between fifth and eighth. So, hey, man, I mean, if the dogs win the Pac-12, sounds like uh, Chuck's going, hey, let me dream for a second, all right? Honestly, the Pac-12 is not that hard. I feel like they could do it. Oregon's been playing better lately. I don't Utah know. always seems to be a little scrappy. Quarterback seems a little bit shaky to me. Yeah. But also yeah. still with our situation right now, so. Um. But, I mean, if we're able to pull it off, and obviously when this gets approved, Chuck could be, Chuck could be going to a college football playoff game at UW. That'd be pretty cool, man. Um, Do you think it's going to be a QB1 for you guys next? It's probably going to be uh, Morris, Nolan Morris, who started for us last year. Uh, there's a lot of hype around Heard, but I don't know if he's – him, though, since he, like, committed, like, two years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's ready quite yet. I don't know if he's ready to just kind of step in. Dylan Morris showed some stuff last year. I mean, he showed resiliency. Uh, the arm, the arm strength is a little bit in doubt, but from what I've heard, it's been a little bit better. And Kate Otten seemed to have confidence in him. So, uh, when one of the best tight ends in the country has that confidence in you, it might be a good thing. It might it might just be having confidence in you, but. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm I'm leaning with Morris right now. I haven't seen anything that says that Heward's been um, playing anything better than Morris. So I'm I'm thinking Morris right now. Um, the first time in the well, no, last year it was Morris, but uh, we've broken the streak of Jake's slash Jacobs <laughs> uh, from Jake Brown and Jacob Eason. Um, NCAA waiver that would effectively allow name, image, and likeness rights for athletes is near completion. Uh, the D1 Board of Directors is likely to grant relief from some existing regulations that prohibit athletes from benefiting off of their name, image, and likeness, which would create a bridge to July 1st and beyond. Uh, the ML- MLS. <laughs> the NCAA is in a scramble to put their own rules into place as some remaining states still do not have their own NIL laws going into effect. So that is interesting to see with the potential of things like merchandise sales coming um, into place. Uh, so the NCAA is kind of bat, uh, scrambling to get their own sort of system figured out because different states are doing so already. So it's like, oh, now we have to do something. So that's interesting to see. And we'll kind of have to check an eye, keep an eye on that as it continues. The last bit of news for the night, uh, for the show this week, um, is UW football related. Amari knows who this is. Um, number one class of 2021 recruit JT. You didn't know how to say JT's last name? <laughs> no. Uh, JT Tumaloa narrowed down his list to a final four of Ohio State, Oregon, Washington, and USC. Um, he took Alabama off that list, which is interesting. Um, and it's also, at least, at least to me, 
it's very interesting that three of those schools of reigning four are Pac-12 schools. I don't know what that means. Obviously, as a UW person, huh? Stay close to home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you you could stay all the way close to home and come wear purple and gold, but obviously that's his decision. I feel like he could make it to the league no matter, like, at any of these schools. Like, I think he got the talent where it's like, okay. Or it's just really just about, like, oh, where do you want to be at? Yeah. It probably yeah, it probably is. It's just like where do you want to spend the time that you're gonna be in college? You know, it's like you're gonna make it. It just where do where do you want to spend your time? I don't know. I feel like if you look at Ohio State and like the the DNs they put out in these past few years is like they they put out some like real like good players, you know. But uh, didn't you dub just send a DN to uh or something like that to uh the Buccaneers? Oh, George Joe Tryon, yeah, Joe Tryon went to uh, the Buccaneers in the first round. Um, I mean, we sent DT Levi Onzerike to uh, Detroit, but that's a defensive tackle. I mean, it's still the line. I know that Greg Gaines, Vita Vea, those are all D tackles. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah. more of a D tackle school. It seems like. Um, I know um, there's more edge uh, around the college football playoff year, but yeah, I mean, Ohio State, man, and talk about those defensive ends. It's not Oregon. It's not Oregon. <laughs> yeah, I'd be fine without Oregon. Uh, anyway, um, he said to come to a decision in the near future, and that's very vague. So um, that could be next week. That could be next month. That could be in two months. So I guess we'll see. Um, but, yeah, that's the show. Um, again, if you've uh, just best wishes out to Bennett and the family. Uh, this has been episode 81 slower week for the Seahawks. Uh, the Mariners continue to chug on in a decently solid week. Uh, the Sounders, I'd say it was a good week. I mean, you get a win and a draw. That's not horrible. It's better than a win and a loss. Uh, the storm have their worst week of the season. Um, it's back though. Oh, I'm so sorry. I missed the note from the storm, uh, storm waved guard Keanu Williams. Uh, which really sucked because I got to speak with Kiana and she was really nice. Uh, she's got a great story, came from Texas, um, worked really hard, went to Stanford, graduated from Stanford actually like last month, um, won a national championship there, uh, was able to make it on the Storm roster. And it, it was it was really cool to see that considering that the team has Sue Bird, and uh, Jordan Canada already on it. So you've got two starting caliber point guards on the team and for her to make it, I mean, I'm sure that was a great experience. Um, the reason why she was cut more than likely, because she stayed on this roster. So I feel like if they just didn't want her, they would have cut her already. Uh, several players were cut around the league because if they were not, then they would have been had their contracts guaranteed, uh, which would have limited financial flexibility within the cap space. So this is just a salary cap thing. I mean, it's like cut day in the NFL in a way. Um, so there's a possibility to see her back with Seattle later this season or next year. But, I mean, it still sucks, you know. It still sucks. Um, it's something where you wish the salary cap was higher. Um, but, again, there is a possibility to see her later this season. I mean, they could just sign her to a, a contract again here in a little bit um, or next year. Uh, but ultimately – it sucks uh, that this has to happen around the league. There's a lot of players that were cut around the league in the last few days. And this is why is because it's been, it's like NFL cut day. It's, it's a roster thing. It's a money thing. So 
that sucks. And I hate to end the podcast um, on a note like that this week. So um, Storm have their worst week yet for more ways than one. Uh, the Kraken have a, an interesting week, a unique week, but it's, it's another week of uh, historic proportions simply because of the uh, firsts in the franchise's history. Uh, the Rain have an up and down week. Um, and I mean, I can't really say much, much about UW because not anything really necessarily happened. It was kind of rumors-ish. But I mean, I guess if you're on JT's uh, shortlist of four, then it's not a bad thing. But ultimately, uh, this has been myself and Omari. Um, Omari more so than less. Omari is our baseball guy, so you know, hey, man, baseball I, guy. Keeping up with the names. Mariners. Um, I still got to get Omari out to a baseball game. <laughs> oh, a Mariners game at least. Um, so, Omari, I want to know your favorite thing you did this past week. Favorite thing I did this past week? I took my dog to the dog park today. Her name's Zena. She's a burn doodle. Mixed between a burn knee, not a dog, and a poodle. I know you didn't ask for this extra information. No, uh, I did. We went to we went to this dog park by the water. She hates the water. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> I hate the water. So I was like, oh, okay. We didn't get it. She actually had a terrible time, it seemed like. <laughs> I, I, oh, wow. <laughs> well, that that's I guess that's an interesting note. Um that was Omari's favorite thing that he did this last week. So for myself and Omari, we will be back to see you again on the 6th of July. Wow, would you look at that? Um, best July 4th weekend to you all. Please be safe. It's supposed to be another heat wave as from what I'm hearing. There's, it's supposed to continue to be hot throughout the week. and Well, throughout the weekend. I don't know about through, during the week. But, yeah, we will see you back on July 6th. Until then. Uh, please stay hydrated. Please stay safe. Um, if you got fans, use them. If you happen to be one of those people that have, have AC, use it. I'm you lucky, yeah. lucky bastard. Huh? What? Nah, I'm sorry. I'm kind of jealous. People have AC. You don't realize what you have until you don't have it. We will be back for you next Tuesday. Please take care. Baba boy.